Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Unleashed Jeremy Hansen. America. Families. Communities. Church. Health. It all has something to do with our lives every day. It's moved past the point of politics in America. These things make politics just a symptom. And that's what we're here to talk about today. What does being a man actually mean? Do you know? I'm not here to make friends. I'm just here to talk about transcendent truth. Something that we've lost in this country. I want to thank you for listening today. My name is Pastor Jeremy Hansen. And for those of you that have listened to me for years, yes, I am finally a real pastor. Happened at the end of December. Very happy. I already I already did a marriage ceremony. It was awesome. But I'll tell you, there's something different about it. There's something different. You can go do good things. You can go mentor people. You can go, you know, do counseling with people. You can do things like that. But when the weight of God is behind you, it's a little bit different. I don't know if that makes sense to you. But I'll tell you, my palms were a little sweaty. Not because I'm scared to talk in front of people. I've talked in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people at one time. doesn't bother me a bit. But screwing up when you have the weight of God behind you 
it should be in a good way. There's something to be said for that. And I've been thinking about this for a long time. I've done a political show forever. Started off as a conservative talk radio. Kind of switched into libertarian. Then I realized, hey, you know what? Apolitical is the way to be because all sides are lying to us. And finally, in this evolution, I'm to the point now where politics is just a symptom of the sickness that our society is going through. Politics, yes, it does have something to do with what we're doing, but it is a direct indicator of where we're going as a society. And if we don't fix society, if we don't fix the moral character of America, we are going to continue the downward spiral and there's going to be nothing left. Nothing at all. I was recently asked to be a professor at Ambassador Christian College. And it started me off on this journey about what I do, what actually makes a difference, and how do we actually save the things that matter most, like our families, our communities, our country. And at the end of the day, I came up with, you know what, it's not politics. Politics is just part of the equation. You have to fix yourself first. And the only things that you can teach on are things that you're experts in. And one of the things that I believe I'm an expert in is being a man. Not because I read it in some book somewhere. Not because I was listening to other people talk about it. But because I had great leadership as a boy. Learning how to be a man. I've gone through the difficult situations that test you and measure you as a man. And I've failed some of them. But I've always kept an open mind and I've always learned because it's important to be the best that we can be, period. So I'm looking around and I'm studying things. I'm looking at things through a different light and I say, okay, what is the biggest problem that America has? And I can say absolutely, without a doubt, our moral compass is broken and with God leaving the country and everything that we do, that's problem number one. And although I might be a pastor, I can tell you this, there are people that are much smarter than me when it comes to the Bible. But one thing that not a lot of people have on me is being a man, going through hard times, and being a father and husband. I've failed at being a husband once. I'm not going to do it again. I have 13 kids, 10 of my own, three adopted. All of my kids are doing wonderful. So I must have done something right along the way. I got the right advice, that type of thing. <clears throat> and my failures have proved just as worthy as my victories. And I think that we need to talk and have that conversation. So I want to do a series about being a man, masculinity. How important is it really? Because the truth of the matter is nations have fell because their men became weak. Look at Rome. And some of the hardest battles that we have are not fought on some distant battlefield. They're fought in our homes. They're fought in front of our school boards. They are fought in our communities. But there's not a lot of glory in that. So the edification for yourself isn't there. This toxic masculinity, is it something? Because when I look at it, I don't see 
anything about masculinity in toxicity. As a matter of fact, I'm looking around and I see the world view. Aurora.org.uk. What are the 10 toxic masculinity behaviors according to the experts around the world? Keep in mind, the experts that are coming from areas geologically with governments that are failing at this moment right now. Make no doubt about it. We do not live in a logical world any longer. We live in an emotional world. And why is that? Because we have allowed feminine tendencies to start governing our world. Now, that is not meant in a derogatory statement towards women, but it is the truth. And like I said, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to explain and teach truth. So listen to these. Being stoic. Men are constantly given the message that they must be self-reliant, independent, physically tough. Men are told that to be this way will make them successful in terms of business, society, and finding a partner. Being vulnerable will cause men to be ridiculed. Now they said being stoic. All of those things are detrimental to the health of people around them. I'm going to disagree. What's wrong with being physically tough? What's wrong with being independent? And is it even commanded? We're going to go into the Bible side of this here in a second. Being self-reliant? Is there anything more important for being a human in today's world than being self-reliant? Do you think you can rely on your government? And as far as women go, finding a partner, do you believe that those qualities, being self-reliant, being independent, and being tough physically, do you think that's going to be detrimental in finding a wife? Absolutely not. All of those things are necessities if you're going to be the biblical man that you're supposed to be. They say number two is being promiscuous. Well, I have to say that that is a toxic behavior. And being manly, being masculine, in the right terms, doesn't include anything about being promiscuous. It talks about being honorable. And promiscuity is not honorable. Is it the way that men in their most carnal state act? Of course it is. I'd be lying if I told you it wasn't. As a matter of fact, sexually, men are predatory. Sexually, women are manipulative. That's just the way things are. That's the way and the feelings that we have to push aside to be a proper masculine man. It goes down and says championing heterosexuality as the alterable norm. There is no other way to look at it because I'm going to tell you this. Some people might not like this, and if you're gay, you're gay. Okay, I get it. It doesn't mean I agree with it. It doesn't mean that it's right. But if you're gay, you're gay. However, if everybody was gay, the human civilization would, would cease to exist. And it's that simple. You got to keep things simple, stupid. Use common sense when you can. Being violent. Number four. It says statistically men commit significantly more violent crime than women. 
There are numerous reasons for this, but there are clear links between male instigated violence and the need men to have to use aggression and violence to prove their masculinity and bolster confidence. Being capable of violence is an absolute necessity for a strong man. Whether it's being smart enough to be able to apply violence in a way that's effective or whether it's just being physically strong enough and smart enough to be able to commit violence is imperative to being a strong man. Because guess what? Without the ability to be violent, then you're harmless. There's nothing strong about being harmless. I know right now people are scratching their heads and they're like, I can't believe he's saying this. But this is truth. Being dominant. Being dominant goes back to carnal knowledge. It becomes part of being human. Being dominant meant that you got to be food quicker. Being dominant meant that you could protect more, protect, provide. Is being dominant? Is that a toxic traits in a masculine person because i believe that there's a difference between being overbearing and dominant and i would say that no being dominant is not toxic it goes on as a sexual aggression towards women men who conform to toxic masculinity standards are more likely to be made sexual comments or sexist jokes to women They commit sexual harassment, accept rape myths, and behave as if they are entitled to women's bodies. I've never met a strong man that I admired that believed any of these things, and they did not practice sexual aggression towards women. This is another fallacy of the supposed toxic masculinity. Not displaying emotion. I've met many strong men in my life, and there's always this tendency of this societal norm not to show emotion. And I do believe, regardless of what people tell you, there is a time and a place for everything. Leaders lead. And they always have that one person that they confide in or a couple people that they confide in. Emotion is not always the best thing of the day. To keep it bottled up inside, absolutely. That is not good. However, Picking and choosing where you are an emotionally vulnerable is part of being a good leader, which means it's part of being truly a good masculine man. They actually have on this list not being a feminist ally. It says it is unsurprising that overly masculine would reject men who identify as the allies of feminists. Research shows that men engaging in feminist activism are the targets of harassment by men who prescribe to toxic masculinity as it is perceived as feminine and nonconformist to toxic masculinity. I think that's a bunch of boobly-boo. It's just garbage. A real strong man will stand up for what he believes in, whether it's feminism, whether it's something else. Doesn't mean he's right. Doesn't mean he's wrong. It just means that he's willing to stand up for what's right. Real men confront other men if they have objections to what they're doing. They don't sit there from the sideline and make fun of them. So again, another misnomer about true masculinity. Whether you're a feminist ally or not has nothing to do 
with a toxic trait in being masculine. Risk-taking. Is this connected to male dominance? Toxic masculinity encourages taking risks to demonstrate dominance. Men who buy into this are more likely to take extreme measures such as perpetrate violence, drive dangerously, gamble, abuse drugs, etc., etc., etc. And I would say there is some truth to this as far as being masculine. However, it's part of who we are. It's part of our carnal knowledge that is instilled with us by God. When we are created, we act like this. Who can jump further? There's a certain exhilaration. That's part of being a man. And I wouldn't say push it away, be smart about it, but embrace it. Be that person. Guess what? The people that succeed, the people that are at the ultimate pinnacle of whatever they do have always taken risks. If you want to celebrate in mediocrity the rest of your life, don't be a risk taker. Don't risk anything, and you will be fine, and you will live there in mediocrity forever. Another one, the last one here, not engaging in household chores and caregiving. I know a lot of men. And some of them joke around about not doing the dishes or blah, 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 blah. But a true masculine man is there to take care of his family. And it doesn't matter what needs to be done. A true masculine man will do it. Not because it's feminine or because it's masculine, just because it's something that needs to get done. I think that they're splitting hairs with this one, if you know what I'm saying. So I go to Miriam Webster and I say, hey, you know, what does it actually mean to be a man? Because in today's world, we have a whole bunch of different things said by a whole bunch of different people of what it means to be a man. What, what is your definition of being a man? Is it somebody with big muscles? Is it somebody with ultimate wisdom? What does it mean to be a strong man? Well, Merriam-Webster says this, one who leads or controls by force of will and character or by military methods. And I would say that a lot of this is true. If you are truly masculine, if you're truly a good man, you're a leader. Alpha men, the people that protect, the people that provide, lead. It doesn't mean that they all lead in the way that you're thinking that somehow they've got a thousand soldiers behind them and they're leading them into battle. But you can always tell a strong man by the way that his family's operated because he's the leader in the home. You can always tell a strong man in a workplace because people follow what he does. He sets an example, not just tells them what to do. It says controls by force. And the levers and the force that is applied to control a situation is done by strong masculine men, not in a manipulative way. That's the first thing that the feminists are going to say. I'll, I'll be getting emails tomorrow about this. What are you talking about? Those are all toxic masculine. No, they're not. This is what God intended for men to be. Leaders. And it's not just leading by force or leading in force. It's leading in love. It's leading in morality. It's leading 
in your community, in your churches, in your schools, and in your home. It's a sad day anywhere when radicals, like these super feminists that don't actually believe in feminism anymore, it's a sad day when they get to dictate to us the meaning of words, the strategy of life. Because that's exactly what's happening. When it comes to being a father, the diminished role that fathers have and how they've become unimportant, even though the real science suggests that fathers are as equal as a mother to the child. And we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that. But I wanted to get into this. What does the Bible actually say? What does it say about being a man? Well, here's 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men and be strong. Let me say that again. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men and be strong. Be on the alert for what? Obviously, be on the alert for dangers. What do dangers look like today? I don't think it's bandits showing up at your house, or at least most people, it's not bandits showing up at your house. It's watching how things come to manipulate, destroy, and steal from your life, from your family's life, from your community's life. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith, meaning don't bow down to pressure from outside forces when you truly believe or have a conviction about something. Be a man. Act like a man. Stand up for what you believe. Be on the alert and be strong. Strong in your faith. Strong in your manhood. Proverbs 27:17. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Now you can take that in a bunch of ways, but the way that I take that is the weaker that we get in this country, the less we're being sharpened by the weak. The strong sharpen the strong. Iron sharpens iron, so men sharpen men. Be around other strong men. Be the sharp one so somebody else can sharpen themselves against you and vice versa. That's what being a man really is. 1 Timothy 6.11 But flee from these things, you men of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Now, there's a whole lot there. Let me say that again. But flee from these things, you men of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. The word meek has gotten screwed up from its Greek transition. Gentleness comes from the perspective of strength. You're gentle because why? Because, well, you have the propensity to commit violence, but you choose not to. You choose to be gentle because we've been ordered to by God. That's one. Perseverance. Don't give up. Keep doing the right thing. Don't bow to pressure. Remember, be strong. Learn from one another. Remember, iron sharpens iron. Love. Real men love. They love deeply. They actually love so deeply that they're willing to give their life 
for another. You don't have a greater love than that, period. That's real man. That's strong man. That's strength of man. Godliness. Try to do the right thing. The great thing about being a man is this constant pursuit of perfection that we will never get, but it is the pursuit or the journey of becoming a better man that gets better every day. That is the pursuit of godliness, righteousness, to do the right thing, to be respected, not only by your peers, but by your family. To do the right thing in everything, do what is good. Does any of this so far sound like toxic anything? Any of these commandments where people say, oh, look at those Christian men over there. They're just terrible. They hate. Oh, they, they hate. I don't know. I, I don't see that at all here. I see him talking about love, faith, godliness, righteousness, perseverance, being gentle, learning from one another. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Well, you just got told how to act like men. Titus 2.7. In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine and be dignified. Wow. I, I still, I don't see any toxic masculinity here. As a matter of fact, all I'm seeing is a template for prosperity in the nation. How many of these things do you see that prominent people today, or men, of these things that we've mentioned so far, how many men in America are following this guidance, this roadmap to success? Be a good example of good deeds with purity and doctrine, meaning do what you're supposed to do. Being dignified. Do these things and let the people see them. How about 1 Corinthians 13, 11? When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. <clears throat> I think this is so important today. When we look at what's going on in the world and we see a bunch of boys that call themselves men that don't act like men, how many boys go and they sleep with the girl and they get her knocked up and they say, go have an abortion? Because guess what? An abortion means you're not ready because you're not a man. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, 
Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You talked like a child, and some people still do. You reason. You don't have the brain power to think like a man, so you're still a child. Not that you don't, but you choose not to. Do away with childish things. It's so simple. Speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child, and then I became a man. And I did away with speaking like a child. I did away with reasoning like a child. Why? Because I came, became a man. <clears throat> Use your brain. Do the right thing. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is where, with you wherever you go. Quit being wimpy. Quit turning the other proverbial cheek and and saying, oh, well, he said to turn the other cheek. In that situation, God has never ordained men to be weaklings. Do the right thing. Because why? Because have I not commanded you, meaning... He has commanded men to be strong, to be courageous. Do not tremble. Do not be scared. Do not be angry. Do your thing. Be a man. Act like a man. It's very simple, and it's all, folks, it's all right here. 1 Timothy 5.8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse, and get that, and is worse than an unbeliever. If you do not provide for your family, especially those in your household, you have denied your faith, and you are worse than a believer. What does that actually mean? Well, it's simple. It means if you don't take care of your family, you're worthless, you're a reject. You are not a man, period. Some people, 
Oh, you're getting harsh. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting to reality. This is the truth of why we have problems in this country. If you are man enough to bed down with a woman and you have a child, you must take care of your kids. You must be man enough to put up with the onslaught from that woman that you chose to bed down with. It's that simple. We don't get the easy way out. We don't get to say, well, this just isn't working out. Sayonara. There's rules about this. Sorry. It's a burden. Absolutely, it's a burden. It's a burden made by your choice. And, and I think it's kind of funny in this verse. He says, especially for those of his household. What does he mean by that exactly? Because the beginning of the verse, according to the NASB, says, but if anyone does not provide for his own. What does that mean exactly, provide for your own? Because I think you could take that literally and say, okay, providing for your own is your own community, is your own state, providing for your own. It is your own country. Remember, folks, we will be judged as a nation. So for someone to say, well, I'm just, I'm just taking care of me and mine. Well, mine, in the biblical scope of things, actually means all of the above. That's some pressure. That's some reality. That means that if you can't even take care of your own family, you are doing something very wrong. Maybe you need to pick up the good book and read a little bit. Start acting like a man. Have a little bit of faith in yourself. Do not tremble because he is with you. Micah 6.8. He has told you, man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love, use kindness, and be humble with your God? I would love to get your reaction to this, ladies and gentlemen. So you tell me what you think of that. Let me say that again. He has told you, men, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love, kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Now, the crazy part is, is justice, which requires violence sometimes, is followed by love and kindness. Maybe it's because it's co-equal parts of man. Men being men. Multifaceted. Doing the right things. Meaning you have to be all of the above. Remember, we are in the image of him. So we must do the right things in the right situations and he has told us to install and implement justice and love and kindness. I, w- I would love that, folks, if you want to email me, unleashedjeremyhanson at gmail.com. That's unleashedjeremyhanson at gmail.com. This show is the first in a series that we're going to be doing about being men. We're going to take apart a lot of these little things. And we are going to be doing full shows about them. If you want to sign up so you don't miss any, go to UnleashedJeremyHanson.com. Just hit the get the newsletter. That's all you got to do. Hit that little button, 
And every time we do a show, they'll send you an email and you'll get the bi-weekly newsletter that we have for Unleashed Jeremy Hansen. And finally, I want to say this. Because when you act like a man, and I believe that the devil uses this constantly, I believe that the toxic masculinity argument was brought on by the devil. This is because of Psalm 37:23. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, meaning the life of a man is already told to us. It's already been established by God what he wants us to do. So Psalm 37:23, the steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he, meaning God, delights in his way. What does that mean? He delights in you doing the things that he has already set up for us to do. He laid the groundwork. He told us how to act. He told us how to be. There is no question. And he delights in us following his path. Now, if if anything makes you feel bubbly inside, that should. And guess what? We've got the Holy Spirit that's in us to tell us whether we're, we're right or wrong. That's something in Christian men that we need to follow more often. Our gut instinct, the Holy Spirit that says, yeah, maybe maybe you're compromising yourself right now. Maybe. How many times, and this is a question, how many times have you ever not had an answer for something like, I really don't know? Is it that you don't know? Or is it that you already kind of know, but you'd like to justify what you want to do by finding something to justify your actions? I bet you'll find most of the time that it's the latter. And if you do still have questions about something, well, great. You've surrounded yourself with strong men, so, you know, iron sharpens iron. You can ask them. And if you don't get the answer still, guess what? You pray about it. It's that simple. Now, I said I wanted to get to this because fatherhood in America is now even being frowned upon. There are so many things that are going on with fathers in America that it would make you puke. Your voice doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter because men haven't stood together and made the people that are creating laws that are undignified for us. They haven't heard the ground shake from our voices. There was a man in Texas that went to court to stop his six-year-old kid from, from getting transgender shots. And the court allowed it. Even though the father was against it, the mother was for it, the court allowed it. We see fathers across this country, they hardly see their kids, even when they want to. Shame on you that don't. But because men don't stand together in solidarity and strength any longer. If we're going to take this country back, we have to start in the home. We have to start with the actions of providing for our families. Here's some statistics. I'll just go through 10 quick statistics for you about the importance of a father. 85% of youths that are sitting in jail right now grew up in a home without a father. Children who grow up in fatherless homes are twice as likely 
as those with fathers to end up in jail. Children who grew up in homes separate from their father are 4.3 times more likely to be smokers. Children who grew up without a father are twice as likely to drop out of high school. Children without fathers are four times more likely to have emotional and or behavioral problems that require outside assistance. Listen to this. Approximately 75% of teenage suicides occur in a home where one parent is absent. Now we'll come back to that one. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. You do the math. If 75% of teenage suicides are where one parent is absent, but 63% are from fatherless homes, then only 12% of teenage suicides are from motherless homes. The remaining 25% are from homes with both parents. 15- to 19-year-old girls that grow up in one-parent homes are far more likely to engage in premarital sex. If a mother attends church regularly with her children, but without the father, only 2% of those children will, will choose to become regular churchgoers as adults. If a father attends church regularly with his children, even without the mother, this is the power of fatherhood, 44% of those children will choose to become regular churchgoers. That's a dramatic shift, 2% to 44%. And 75% of young patients seeking substance abuse treatment, you guessed it, are from fatherless homes. That's 10 times the average of children with both parents in the homes. Think about that. We have a lot of work to do as men. And, you know, and some of you are sitting out there, well, what does this mean? And, you know, toxic masculinity, and you're talking about leadership, but are you demeaning women? I am not demeaning women, period. We're going to have another whole series on what it means to be a woman. And there's going to be some uncomfortable talk, topics we, that we talk about. And there's going to be things that we don't look at anymore as being right, but they are right. And they're part of the reason that we have backslid and that we're falling and that we are in the downward spiral that we are in now. But how do you do it? How do you reclaim being a man? How do you do it in a Christian way? How do you get your family in order? We're going to talk about it. How do you get your community in order? We're going to talk about it. But here's some tips. It is what it is. How and what are the things that you need to do to reclaim your masculinity? Well, the first thing is this, and this goes to, for women and it goes for men. You need to dismiss the fact, or should I say the fallacy, that men and women are the same. It's nonsense. It's a fantasy. It is a fallacy. Men and women are completely different. We were designed that way. So the first thing to take back your masculinity is to understand that. Hey, men and women, we are not the same. It doesn't mean that men are better than women. It just means that we are not the same. We are different. 
it's plain, it's science, we are different, and it is time that we come around and say, hey, stop pretending. There are true differences, and this whole idea that we're just humans, that doesn't exist. Second thing is this, stop listening to society. Embrace the masculine virtues in yourself and in your sons. Embrace them, cherish them, nurture them. They're there for a reason. It was designed that way. You know, things like being gritty, toughness, fortitude, dominance, aggression, strength. All of these things can be fostered to be used as a good man, period. It's time that we start embracing them. This one, a lot of people aren't going to like, but that's okay because it's truth. We need to teach and model accurate gender roles and the responsibilities within those gender roles. And I know that goes completely against everything that society says, but look at our societies and you tell me that we're healthy. You tell me that we're not getting worse rather than better. Everything that we are being taught is being manipulated For a reason. I hear people all the time that they were Democrats or they were Republicans and they're like, it's not even like it's politics anymore. It's like it's good against evil. And you're exactly right. It is good against evil. And some of the things that we were taught and frankly, that some people want, it isn't the way that it's supposed to be. And some people are going to have a hard time dealing with it. I need you to completely 110,000% reject the assault and dismissal of true masculinity. The easiest way to enslave a people is by crushing men, by taking away the masculinity and the traits that have protected those people, those communities, those families forever. You destroy that, and the easiest way is by lying and deceiving people. Who does deceiving, by the way? Deceiving people that something good is actually toxic. Reject the assault. We need to lead our families, our businesses, and our communities effectively. The first word, remember, lead. We need to lead our families, not tell them what to do. You want to talk about a trait of a soy boy, that's somebody that tells you what to do instead of leading. We do have responsibilities within leadership. It's not about just being, oh, I'm big and tough, so I'm, no, 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 no. Real men understand that leadership is synonymous with strong. Men across the country have been neglecting leadership responsibilities in the walls of their homes, in their businesses, and in their communities. We are called by God to lead. We're not said, hey, you know, you want to come over? We need some help with some... No, 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 no. We are told, we are called to lead. If you're not a good leader, you need to learn how to be an effective, efficient leader. And finally, step into that calling. A lot of this stuff is not easy. 
We're not going to be perfect, but at least we're trying to be. Remember the pursuit of perfection, the journey that we're never going to reach. We need to start serving the young men in our communities, in our neighborhoods, and most importantly, in our families. We need to put the phones down, the video games down, the remote controllers down. We need to start learning about our young men on how to make them better men. What are their thoughts? What are their ideas? What questions do they have? And we need to lead them into being good men. While every night asking ourselves, are we doing the right things? Are we being an effective leader? Are we being an effective man? We need to commit to our marriages. Here's the thing. We need to be honorable men. Now, honor today does not hold the weight that it used to, but it doesn't mean that the pendulum won't swing back, and it will. We need to commit to our wives and our families and our communities. I I challenge you, go stand in front of a mirror, look yourself in the eye, and tell yourself that you've been committed and see if you believe yourself. It's easy not to be honorable and not to commit, not to do the things. That's easy. This is definitely the hard road, but this is the road to fix America. We need to teach our young men that, hey, you know what? Having kids is great. It's a gift, the best gift that we have. But you know what? You got to be physically ready. You got to be financially ready. You got to be mentally ready. And you have to be emotionally prepared to deal with what it takes to be a father and a husband. You notice I said, and a husband. These are things that are imperative that we must do, even though it's going to ruffle some feathers. That's fine. Let them get mad. Because I'm going to tell you something. I learned this in radio. If you're not pissing somebody off, you're not doing your job. That's just the way that the cookie crumbles. And, you know, I think that this is one of the most important things that I say today. We have to hold ourselves, our boys and the men around us, to the highest moral and ethical standards of anybody because we have a direct effect on what they do, on the emotions that they feel. We have to use things like shame that they say, oh, you shouldn't shame anybody. Hey, if you've done something shameful, you should feel shame. And finally, we need to continually develop the skills and our ability to protect, provide, and preside over ourselves and those that we have a responsibility for. Now, that's a lot to take in. But let me ask you something. Who are you directly and indirectly responsible for? You as a Christian man, with the burdens that was accepted when you became a Christian, with the things that God has asked you to do, with the leader that he has called you to be, who are you responsible for? 
Do you preside over yourself? Do you actually look in to see if you're doing the right things? Do you pray about it? Do you ask other people about it? Do you continually develop your skills every single day? And if you put people around yourself that will sharpen you like iron, those are all questions that you should have for yourself every day. And these are the things that we're going to talk about on this show from now on. We might have a little blurb about politics, about something that has something to do with society or the cultural pitfalls that we're maneuvering against in today's world. But these are the things that are going to change the tide when it comes to justice, love, and saving everything that we cherish in America. This has been Unleashed Jeremy Hansen. I hope you guys loved it. Remember, go to unleashedjeremyhansen.com, sign up. You will sure find out when the next show is going to be, when we have a newsletter, all the exciting things that are coming. And, folks, please share this show. Please spread it around because I finally think that we're doing something that is going to make a difference for everyone that it touches. All right, thank you. I love you. God bless you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.